Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. This is our first show, our launch, and I'm so excited to be here with you because today we have a very special guest. So lock in your seats and share it with all of your friends and family. We're about to go on the Wellness Driven Ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Okay, everyone. We have a wonderful guest here today. His name is Dylan Brooks. Let me introduce you. Dylan Brooks is a self-described citizen scientist based in Colorado. Dylan has created a sizable online community with nearly 200,000 like-minded people looking to empower their lives by becoming citizen scientists. Dylan is passionate about helping to shape a new world built on love, empathy, and community. People focus less on material possessions and more on the invisible rainbow of heart energy, frequency, and vibration in that new world. Dylan's primary goal is to help inspire and empower people to wake up and be happy. Dylan and his dad are also patented inventors who created the Delta Table to help bring people closer to in-person events. Please help me welcome Dylan Brooks. Hey, April, how's it going? Good. Hi, Dylan. It's great to see you. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That intro was pretty sweet, really professional. Love that. Oh, well, I love what you're doing. And that's the reason that you're here on the show today. And so can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, gosh, yeah, citizen scientists and invisible rainbow. Just tell us how you got started. What's the beginning? Yeah, so it all started on one rainy day. No, um, so I'll just kind of break down what citizen scientist means to me and, and what it means to the community of people that have, have joined it and what we're trying to do. So I like to break it down into the two words, citizen and scientist. Um, citizen is anyone who's a recognized community member where they live. So that's basically every human being. And then the definition of a scientist is anyone who systematically gathers data and information based on that information, creates a hypothesis, runs that test and gets a result. Um, and everybody has done that in their life. We've all thought of a different diet that we wanted to implement and thought, you know, if I eat this diet for two weeks, I'll lose five pounds. Or if I run a mile each day, I'll lose five pounds. And then you follow through for those two weeks and then you get a result. So the message is to empower everyone that science is not off limits to anyone that you are a self-scientist, you are a citizen scientist. And I hope one day when people, you know, think about who they are, they go, I'm a dad, um, I'm a brother, I'm a husband, I'm an electrician, and I'm a citizen scientist, because I think it's very empowering 
um, to help this idea of bringing your power back, empowering yourself. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And you've created this huge movement along those lines and wow, that's really, really inspiring. And I, th I remember the first time that I came into contact with you and I listened to a podcast that you were on and I was just fascinated by what were you, what you were doing. And, um, I'd love to just share really quick, a quick commercial. And then when we come back, I want to ask you, um, I, I know we talked a little bit about the biology of belief and how that's really important to you. So I'm going to ask you what the importance of that is when we come back from this commercial. CTR Media Network is now accepting new podcasters to join our growing network that's reaching 350 million global listeners. Have you heard? CTR Media Network offers podcast production, podcast training, distribution, and product placement. Book us for your next event or schedule an interview with CTR Media Network podcasters today. To learn more, go to ctrmedianetwork.com. Okay, so Dylan, let me know. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, so CTM Network is actually a platform that I partner with, and I'm really excited about that because they help boost out all of this content on a, on a pretty world scale. So that's great. And so the information that you're sharing is, is pretty powerful. And, and I know that you and I both are very interested in getting it out. And so again, going back, what is the biology of belief and what is the importance of that? Yeah. So the biology of belief is exactly what it means, but it's so fundamentally powerful to everybody's life. And it's the idea of literally your beliefs which in turn is your thoughts, your belief system, literally uh, controls your health um, and your biology. And we're on the Wellness Driven Life Show, so I couldn't think of a better way to empower people because it's free to change your beliefs. You don't need resources to change your beliefs. You can do it right now. Um, and it controls basically the entire mechanism of your body. And I think the best way to describe mm -hmm. it so that everybody can understand is going through um, an experiment that was done by Dr. Bruce Lipton who's a cell biologist um, in 1967, he was experimenting with stem cells. Okay. So 1967, before the general public even knew what a stem cell was, he was experimenting um, with them at the university of Virginia. He was one of the forefathers that experimented with stem cells and really the father of epigenetics, which I'll describe later what that is. So what he was doing at the university of Virginia, um, he was working with um, the muscular dystrophy association and they funded him to figure out how muscle cells are formed. So that was the entire idea was how muscle cells are formed. And so there's two kinds of stem cells. There's um, embryonic stem cells, which is pretty self-explanatory. This is what is made in the womb. This is the cell that becomes all the specialized cells in your body, lungs, heart, brain, skin, muscle, everything. And then there's adult stem cells, which is self-explanatory. It's when the cell is mature and it's in your adult body. So when you have things that need repaired, like a cut on your skin, your stem cells go and repair that. So he was working with embryonic stem cells, which are totipotent, which means they can become anything. Okay. They have the potential to become anything. Um, and so what he did is when you take a stem cell, they multiply. Okay. And every 10 hours they multiply. So first there's one stem cell, then there's two, then there's four, then there's eight, then there's 16. After a week, 30,000 stem cells. Okay. And they're all genetically identical. They're all the same exact cell. And so the experiment is as follows. He took three Petri dishes. One dish would have one culture medium, which is the environment that the cell is going to live in and three separate kinds of culture mediums. So he put 10,000 in one, 10,000 in the other and 10,000 in the third. And what he realized is based on the culture medium that this toady potential stem cell that are genetically identical, they would change based on the environment that they were in. So one became fat cells and in environment B, they became skin cells In environment C, they became the muscle cells that he was learning about. And why that is so important is because it's not the cell 
that controls your health. It's the environment around the cell that controls mm. your health. Okay. So yeah. this idea of being a victim to your environment doesn't hold water. We are in control. We are empowered. And you have two forms of environment. Can you hear me all right? It seems like it's lagging a little bit, or is that just on my end? No, you broke up a little bit, but I can hear you now. Uh-oh. Oh, you... <laughs> I can hear you, but it's hard to see you. There you are. You can hear me? Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Stand by. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Uh-oh. Here we go. Are we back? I think we're back. <laughs> where, where, where did you last hear me from? You're, you're talking about the environment and the fact that we, you know, you, you can't say that it is, um, oh gosh. The I'm cell that controls now. your health. Yeah. Right. And so the, the, the message for the average person listening is the environment controls the expression of the cell. And so we have a culture medium in our bodies and that's called your blood. Okay. So just like the culture medium in the cell that's decided what the cell became, your blood is the exact same thing in your body. So think of yourself as a skin covered Petri dish. So the blood in your body goes to all of your organs. Okay. It sends all the nutrients and all the oxygen. So how is, what goes into the blood? And that's your thoughts. Every thought that you think creates a chemical. Okay. So if you have thoughts of love and gratitude and inspiration, you're literally going to release chemicals of dopamine, right? The, the pleasure hormone, uh, oxytocin, um, the neurochemical that bonds us together, uh, um, vasopressin, which is like attraction and romance growth hormones, which is literally self-explanatory, right? Growth and repair of the body. Um, and like serotonin happiness, the same thing happens if you have negative thoughts about yourself, or if you have thoughts of fear or stress or anger, something that the news does very well. And that releases stress hormones into your blood, like cortisol, which shuts down your immune system and adrenaline, which gets your heart beating and your blood vessels dilate because you're focused on your outside environment of fight or flight. So Every thought you think releases 
chemicals into your blood, which is your culture medium, which turns on or off your genes in your body. And we've had so many scientists um, corroborate this, that 90% of doctor office visits are created from stress alone. So it is so mm -hmm. important to mind your thoughts because they have a literal chemical effect inside of your body, which is why the biology of belief is exactly what it says. Less than 5% of illness is created from genes. The other 95% is through stress and your thoughts and the images that are in your head. So it's very important to mind your beliefs. Think about where they came from. Did they come from your mom, your dad, your pastor, your teacher, the news, politicians, and then decide, is it serving you? Or do you need to write a new belief that can better help your culture medium of your blood, which is what goes to all your organs in your body? Wow, that's fascinating. And so really what you're saying is what that, that that's constantly changing. I mean, when, when you are describing the cells, the stem cells, they're constantly evolving. Yes. And just your cells in your body, because as an adult, you're no longer embryonic stem cells. They're now specialized, right? They're your lung cells, your skin cells, your fat cells. So they're already doing their specialized um, job. So that's what's feeding to them. And the reason it's so important is because you have so many people that think that they have depression and something's wrong with them or they have anxiety and something's wrong with them. It's your fault. And so you need to go to the doctor and you need to take drugs. It doesn't matter it's not the cell's fault. It's not your fault. If you are in a sick environment, okay, we can use America, for example. We have lots of issues here, lots of environmental issues, lots of fear and all that. No amount of drug is going to help a cell in a sick environment. You have to fix the environment around the cell or you have to move the cell to a healthy environment and it will become healthy. And that's the same analogy for human beings. If a human being is in a, a sick environment, no amount of drugs is going to make it healthy. It has to change the environment around it into a healthy environment or has to literally, as a human, move to a healthier environment and then you will become healthy. So it's this entire idea of your external environment, of what's going on around you, the, where you're living, the people that are in your life, and your internal environment of your thoughts and then the food you eat. Yes, I, I recall some conversations that we've had in the past. And really what you're saying is our external environments, you know, create the thought patterns and that is all has an internal effect and it's all linked together. And I remember our discussion the last time we spoke and you were very fascinated when I talked to you about the broken window theory. And so I learned about that when I was going, um, I was studying criminal justice and the broken window theory essentially is when there is a, an area that is, uh, it, it doesn't look good. There's broken windows and it's, it's just kind of a trashy unkept. There's no pride attached to it. And those areas are higher crime areas. And so there's more violence attached to that. So this external environment, when it's in chaos, it doesn't create good things. And vice versa, when you start picking it up and you start putting pride behind it and you fix those broken windows, then it changes and people start changing and then there's less crime. And so I feel like there's so many different ways that we are able to uh, describe and explain uh, this process and how connected we really are. hundred percent. And there's so many analogies and examples we, we intuitively see in our everyday life um, from, you know, your five most kept friends or the cleanliness of your house. I think we've all woken up one day and been like, I can't even think about anything else until I clean my house because this cluttered house is an analogy of my cluttered brain and I can't focus. So we intuitively know it, we feel it. And now we're starting to be able to put the science and the definitions behind it so that it can be understood by the average person who's working nine to five and doesn't have the ability to sift through PubMed's 27 million peer reviewed studies. And I think it's just such an empowering concept of the idea of, you know, being your own 
citizen scientists and implementing just a few days of changing your environment, whether it's the thoughts that you think, the foods that you eat, the routine that you do, 10 minutes of exercise, maybe 10 minutes of meditation and see the results in not only your physical health, but your mental health as well. Yes. Now, Dylan, I see that you have many books and you're obviously very well-spoken. You're very passionate. You know about these topics. Can you tell me, is there, do you have like a list of books that you recommend or are we supposed to just zoom in real close? Uh, how do we find out about, how do we pick your brain? Yeah. So we could be here all day. Um, I could give you just a breakdown on all these books. And the reason I have these books here, I have about another 50 on the floor. They couldn't, I couldn't fit them all on the wall, but these are kind of like the main ones. And I just, I hope that maybe someone sees a book cover or title and gets curious and just orders it on Amazon for $15. Okay. Very cheap, very easy to get your hands on um, because I, they can change your life. They did for me. And that's why they're on the wall because if they could create a paradigm shift for me, I know they can for you. So um, just a few books that I would recommend to someone that's starting this journey of self-empowerment, of self-help, whatever you want to call it, would be this one here called The Four Agreements. Really easy read, 150 pages. You could read it in a few days. Um, and it just goes over four main agree uh, agreements that you can live your life by that lessen stress and make you feel like you have the control of your life back. Um, and then one for your audience, which is about wellness, would be the book right next to it, which is You Are the Placebo, which is ah. exactly what we were talking about with, you know, the idea of the biology belief. Because again, right, like the chemistry released by your brain goes into the blood and that complements the perceptions and beliefs that you hold in your mind. And so you can change the way that you respond to the world by changing your chemical composition of your blood based on your behavior and your thoughts, which is the, the very basis of the placebo effect. The thoughts um, create the physiological response. Right. Because every mm -hmm. drug that you have right now that your doctor prescribes or that you go by goes through placebo trials. And what that means is they take their drug. That's to treat depression, anxiety, whatever. And they test it against a sugar pill that has nothing. And they give the sugar pill to half the group and they give the real drug to half the group. And the results almost every single time, around 50%, this is not a joke, around 50% of the people who get a sugar pill get the same positive effects of the drug and the same negative side effects of the drug. And the reason is because of the beliefs and the expectations they have around what they thought was the real drug. So when you have an expert doctor saying, if you take this pill, you're going to have relief of uh, your back spasms, you're going to feel really good, but there's side effects of nausea, diarrhea, vomiting. Because you accept and believe and surrender to that expert telling you your body has it. So the idea is why have an external pill to trick yourself into having these effects in your body when in reality it's your beliefs. You don't need a fake pill or real pill. You are the placebo, you can decide based on your beliefs and perceptions. So it's a very empowering concept. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite books. Uh, it's just so powerful. And what our perception is, what society's perceptions and beliefs are, when we all come together and we come to a general consensus on something, I, I mean, the, it's so easy for society to believe in that. And, you know, is it a good one? Does it benefit us or does it not? So yes, those are excellent recommendations. Thank you for that. So the placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza and also the four agreements by, uh, remind me, uh, I have it. Don, I just forgot. Don, Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. And these are $10 on Amazon that could be on your doorstep in the next 24 hours. Yes. Powerful books. Okay, great. Thank you so much for giving that amazing intel. We're going to go to another commercial. And when we come back, I would love to ask you about um, the description, your description of the invisible rainbow. And we'll start talking a little bit about that. Sounds good.
Hi, I'm April Hove, the Managing Director of the Fort Worth, Texas chapter of eWomen Network. I'm so excited that you stopped to watch this video. I've got good news for you. You have just discovered an international network of women entrepreneurs who are committed to helping you achieve, succeed, and prosper. We are on a mission to help 1 million women entrepreneurs each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. Here at eWomen Network, we have a complete success system that supports you every step of the way in building and growing your business. You being here right now is no accident. We're supposed to know about you. We want to meet you to find out how we can help you as well as learn about what you have to offer. With over 500,000 women connecting through 118 chapters across the US, Canada, Australia, and the UK, you are never alone. If this is resonating with you, please go to eWomenNetwork.com slash Fort Worth. Notice too, my contact information. I invite you to reach out to me and check out our upcoming in-person and online events. I am really looking forward to introducing you to our community. All right. So coming back, Dylan, tell me a little bit about the description of an invisible rainbow. Yeah. So it was inspired. I mean, it's not a term that I made up. I'm trying to figure out how to look at the video and point at the right book, but it's a book <laughs> called exactly what you said, the invisible rainbow. Um, an incredible, exceptional read for anybody that's interested on the inception of electricity which started in the 1700s and how we've gone from literally starting with electricity, which was in a glass chamber and people were shocking themselves for entertainment. Literally, this is what happened in the 1700s. When we discovered electricity, the people who discovered electricity said it's dangerous and stay away. And what did we human beings do? We started lining up to shock ourselves with it as a form of entertainment. So it's, it's an incredible understanding of, of how we got to where we are right now, where we're able to communicate uh, with HD, perfect sound in real time across the world, right? And that's exactly what the book is about. It's about the invisible rainbow. So what, what am I referring to by that? There is a thing called the electromagnetic spectrum. Hmm. And that consists of visible light, which we see when we look outside and see a beautiful rainbow. But what most people don't understand is that that is less than 1% of the entire electromagnetic frequency spectrum, which I just want you to repeat that um, less than 1%, less than 1%. It's actually like 0.0046% of the entire wow. spectrum. So what we really need to understand and spend more time, it's just like looking up into the stars and going, wow, it's so vast out there. I can't even you know, imagine how tiny I am in the universe. The electromagnetic spectrum of everything that is going on around us is so vast that if we could perceive it with our senses, you would just see blackness in front of your face. And what I'm referring to is radio waves. When you get in the car, you turn on the radio, when you use your cell phone and call someone across the planet, when you FaceTime while connecting at the same time to the Bluetooth iPod uh, uh, headphones in your head, while watching a YouTube video, while sending a text message, while heating up your food with invisible microwaves. It goes on and on while pointing your remote at your TV to change the channel. These are all invisible forms of frequency that yeah. control our everyday life that we don't really think about. And yet it's our everyday life. And what is so powerful is that our body, our atoms, our heart resonates an electromagnetic frequency vibration. And it's what a company that I'm working with, HeartMath Institute, has spent the last 30 years trying to prove. And with the technology that we now have, we are now being able to show it in real time, where sensors outside of the body up to three feet can sense your heart vibration. And so it's this idea that we are all communicating with a sixth sense, an invisible wave of information beyond our awareness from our heart. And we in our society refer to this as good vibes and bad vibes. We've all been there. We've all gone into a room or a place, a business, and gone, I have really good vibes or I have really bad vibes. 
We've all had someone walk in the door without them saying anything. And we can just feel, uh Oh, that guy's mm -hmm. mad because of the vibration that we have. If, if anybody has a dog or a cat, if you've ever been angry, they'll sometimes run up to you and start licking you because they can feel and sense yes. this invisible wave of information coming from your heart. And so it's this paradigm shift and Tesla said it all the time who invented 85 different things, including the radio. You have to think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration to understand the concepts of the universe. And we're now seeing this shift with quantum physics, quantum entanglement. What we're learning from the CERN center is life is a lot more like a Marvel movie than what we've been led to believe in the sense of just work, eat, sleep, repeat, and then die. There is some very incredible phenomena going on. And the more that we can focus on energy, frequency, and vibration, something that is invisible to our senses that controls our everyday life with our cell phones, the more empowerment you're going to get and understand about the human body. And it's the, the information is so vast and growing every day. It's a really exciting time to be alive, to then be able to implement it into your meditations, into your breathing, into your beliefs, right? So I've heard you talk a lot about how we have so much power at our fingertips with the, you know, internet, all of this plethora of of information. And so it's a very powerful and unique time. And I think that you really try to um, talk about that with your audience that you have built. Can you tell me a little bit about why you feel that way and, and why there shouldn't be an excuse? Absolutely. <laughs> to, yeah. I would love to. So this starts with a history lesson. All right. So before the 1900s, there wasn't really a term called scientist. You were just a wise person that was interested in knowledge. And so people would get together and they would just talk about knowledge and just share insights that they had because there's no internet. So you have to actually go out and talk to people in person. I know it's a crazy concept. <laughs> um, and then in the 1900s, Government started getting huge budget budgets. Universities were formed that now started having research budgets. And so this idea of a professional scientist was born where these wisdom seekers were now being paid to come to the university or to the governments to do research on their behalf. And because they were getting paid to do research, they were professional scientists. And the people that were just interested in wisdom were now amateur scientists. And back then that made sense because there was no internet. So you needed laboratories and you needed lots of funding and you needed access to institutions and locations to learn and perform science. Well, things have changed. We now have access to hundreds of millions of peer reviewed articles through websites like Core and PubMed and Science Direct and Google Scholar that are free for you to search. We have things like YouTube and podcasts like this, where you have experts come on and share their 30 years worth of knowledge. You have these things called books behind me that are written by 30 year experts in their specific field that are $10 that you can read and learn about science. And mm -hmm. so citizen science was a term coined in the 1970s by people that were going to help professional scientists because there's so much sciences out there to discover from microbiology to everything in between. They needed the help of regular humans to go outside and pick their grass and take photos of the insects in their um, backyard and then send it to laboratories to be investigated. And so no longer is science off limits to anybody anymore because it's free. It's accessible. It's instant. There's a video on YouTube for everything. You can watch a heart surgery on YouTube. You can go to a, you can literally search Harvard classes and there's two hour seminars as if you're in the class. And so it's, again, this idea that science is not off limits to anybody. And so it's going to sound offensive, but in 2023, ignorance is a choice. You can decide to come home and drink beer and smoke weed and play video games and watch TV 
or you can decide to take 30 minutes of your day and watch a video by an expert describe something that you're curious about and empower yourself, whether that's exercise, diet, morning routines, biology of belief, um, electromagnetic frequency, how your cell phone works, all of those things in between. So it's a, it's an idea that I'm passionate about. And I really want to push the younger generation to be more curious because you no longer just have a question. You have an immediate answer. And by knowing the information gives you so much more knowledge. When you learn new things, you can start having new thoughts. And when you have new thoughts, you make new choices. And when you make new choices, you exude different habits, which leads to different experiences, which leads to different emotions, which is the vibration, right? Emotion means energy and motion, which then triggers a new thought, which can start getting you out of that rut and start propelling you towards the path and the desired reality that you want. And so that's really where the message comes from. I think that's wonderful. And so why do you feel it's so important to reach the younger communities? Because, um, you know, I think uh, everybody's life was sh shooken up with COVID, right? I mean, this is a two years where the world was shut down. Mm -hmm. um, we had many f fights on Facebook, right? Everybody between their uncle and their friend who are saying, you know, show me the data, you know, where's the science, all of that stuff. I don't need to explain any more than that. Everyone knows. Yep. Um, and so I think we saw a kind of a transition of thought where one, if the world's going to shut down, am I a doing something with my life that I actually like, or am I just working my life away or doing something that I don't enjoy? And two, there's so much information out there how can I empower myself with the knowledge? I can't just go off of he said, she said, because I think we were all at a point in our lives where we had one group of people in our life saying this and another group of people saying this that were completely divided, but we respected both their opinions. And so you're like, where do I, what do I believe? What is true? And the only way to know what is true is for you to seek the information and know it, not just defaults to the guy in the news said, or my dad said, or my pastor said, or my really smart teacher said, so I'm going to default to their opinion and not really internally know. And so with a younger generation living on their phones and technology more than ever, it's time that we start utilizing that information and encouraging people and sharing the resources where they can go gap, grab that information for free. Right. Yeah. I think that really that message of this energetic frequency that the invisible rainbow that you talked about and really painting a picture to people. It's like, well, yeah, if you think about it, you know, there are these ways that we can't see, but they're there. They have to be there because it's creating an effect. And so that is obvious and true. So now we know that we are these energetic beings. And what do we do with this energy? If we know that we have this power within, how do we tap into it? And so I want to go back into when you talk about helping shape the world, a new world built on love, empathy, and community, what is that, what is that telling people? And, and again, how are we tapping into that energy? And is it through those things, love, empathy? Yeah. So let's, let's do an example that someone watching this can relate to and implement it into their life right now. Right? So what is the average person doing when they wake up? The first thing they do is they grab their phone and they mm -hmm. start remembering who they are in the sense of they look at their text messages, they look at their emails, they go on Instagram, they take a picture of themselves without makeup and say, hashtag no makeup. They then get up and they go to use the bathroom. They then go get coffee. They then get dressed in the same way they do. They do these routine behaviors. They drive to school or they drive to work in the exact same way. They sit next to the same people that push their same emotional buttons. They then drive back home in the exact same way. They eat one of the same three fast food meals, right? And then they mm -hmm. sit down in the same spot in their home, whether it's the same seat in their couch, and they watch the same TV show, one of the five TV shows they, they like to watch. 
And while they're doing these same routine behaviors over and over and over again, they're secretly wishing for something to change in their life. They're secretly wishing for a new job, a new relationship, a new experience, more money, a car, a house. But their behaviors haven't changed. So how do you create a new personal reality? So you have to reverse engineer the whole thing. So if you want a new personal reality of being famous, an influencer, have lots of money, a new relationship, a career job that you love, you have to create a new personality. You have to literally become a different part of you. What makes up your personality? Your state of being, your habitual state of being every day. And how do you change that state of being of habits? How you think, how you act, and how you feel. And what's mm -hmm. the best way to get into your subconscious operating system of how you think, act, and feel? It's through closing your eyes, focusing on your breath, and turning off all the stimulus from your outside environment and going into your internal environment, which we just talked about was the biology belief. And so through meditation and breathing and focusing on the vibration, the frequency of your thoughts, you can then go back through that reverse engineering. You can change your thoughts, your actions, your habits, create a new state of being, change your personality through daily repetition of new habits and create a personal reality that you desire. And it all comes back to sitting in one spot, breathing and focusing on the vibration and frequency of the thoughts that you're thinking and exuding and how you want to act and how you want to feel. It's basically signaling the event or signaling the emotion ahead of the event. So imagining what it feels like to win the lottery, imagining how you would feel if you were in a relationship that you loved, feeling as though you have that career. And what happens is when you can create those emotions before an event happens, you realize you no longer need that event to happen. So it's a very empowering routine that you can do just by closing your eyes, de-stimulating from the external environment and focusing on the invisible rainbow of the electromagnetic frequency vibration of your body, your mind, your thoughts, and your heart. Yeah. It's kind of like now I'm I'm like focusing on going into that that wave that field that invisible field and what would that be like and it's like the nothingness and I, I'm so glad that you talked about the power of breath and also put the feeling behind that too because that's really where we go into the creative states is when we put the thought and the feeling together. And then when we focus on that breath work and we just calm ourselves down, it, it just really physically creates this huge change. And we can't get to a creative state if we're not relaxed. And so we, we cannot possibly be in a creative state when we're in a high stress situation. And, and nowadays everything is so fast paced. It's like we're living in that high stress all the time and our bodies just were not designed to be that. So that's very cool that you went that direction. Um, I can only imagine how it may be challenging to get some points across or descriptions to younger minds and, you know, in an easy way just to, to be able to share this knowledge with others. So um, we're going to go to another quick commercial. And um, I, I want to ask you when we come back, what was the most exciting thing you discovered while doing citizen science? I'm very curious about that and I'm excited to hear it. So um We'll share that when we get back and I'm going to show a commercial from my coach that showed me how to do this. She's amazing. And here she is with Les Brown himself. Hello everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of the Kim Jacobs show. And you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or 
If you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one. -on -one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to kimjacobsconsulting.com. It's right there on the screen, kimjacobsconsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No, opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to kimjacobsconsulting.com. That's kimjacobsconsulting.com. Did I say kimjacobsconsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching and we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story and that's Kim's story and we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Les Brown is such a character and Kim is fabulous. So. I, Where I am have I supposed to, give... to go to kimjacobsconsulting.com? Yes, I have it scrolling on the bottom, www.kimjacobsconsulting.com. She is fabulous and I highly recommend her. I mean, if you're a business or a person that wants to really boost your exposure online and go out of your comfort zone, that's the way to do it. And she's such a beautiful guide. And so anyway, I want to go jump back into you and tell me what was the most exciting thing that you discovered while doing citizen scientists? Yeah. Um, great question. I, again, I think this is a lot of like, I think a lot of people can resonate and relate to what I'm about to say. So I grew up with a loving mother, which I'm blessed to have. Thank you, mom. Um, mm -hmm. she's probably watching this as well. Um, and she loved me a lot um, to the point where it was almost detrimental to my health. And what I mean by that is she, anytime I had a cough or a sniffle or an itch, she thought something was wrong with me and we needed to go to a doctor right away. And it took me until I was about mid-20s when I was 24 or 25, I realized that she had fostered a belief of a hypochondriac in myself which is the idea that you think you're sick all the time you have all these issues all the time and so i would go to the doctors i've been to a doctor's office over 100 times in my life and they could never fix the issue or there was no issue or as soon as i would get in the doctor's office all of a sudden i'd be feeling good again and this journey of understanding the stress response specifically which we were talking about earlier 
is the profound aha moment that I had. And it, it happened when I understood the very basics of how the human brain was designed. And so the best way to describe that is imagine 10,000 years ago, you're a primitive hunter gatherer and you're out in the open and you're just gathering berries and a saber toothed tiger or a bear is in, in your way. Your brain's number one response <laughs> responsibility is to ensure your survival. That's it. That's the number one job. And so what it does is it goes into the sympathetic nervous system of fight or flight. And what that means is when you're stressed and there's a threat in your environment, all the blood that's in your visceral organs, your heart, lungs, goes to your extremities to run or to fight. And so it sh quite literally shuts down your immune system, which is what fights off disease and illness, and growth and repair, which is what creates vibrance and health. And then when the event is over, after you beat up that bear or you got away, the stress response stops. You go into your parasympathetic nervous system, which how I remember it is parasympathetic system, para, grab a para pajamas and relax. And huh. that is your system of rest and relax, of rest and digest, of growth and repair. I, I love that. I just want to have you say that one more time because it's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> that's, that's how I and, remember things. I yeah, try and no, make that. an analogy. So sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, parasympathetic nervous system is grab a pair of pajamas and rest and relax. Yeah. So 10,000 years ago, when you got away from that threat, you could rest and your blood would come back to your visceral organs. Your immune system would come back on and fight any bacterial virus infections, growth and repair the whole thing and you're back to, to being healthy. Well, fast forward to today, we don't have threats of bears in our everyday life, but what we do have is consistent micro stressors of school, work, family, friends, finances, bills, healthcare, politics, news, COVID, every car insurance, everything in between. And so you're constantly stressed. And so it's like that sympathetic nervous system as if you're being attacked by a bear is on all day, 24 seven, 365, which means you're in consistent fight or flight, which means your blood is in your extremities, which means you're not fighting off disease and you're not in growth, which is why you see so much chronic illness is because mm -hmm. we are in stress. And so for me, it was understanding that and going, ah, this is why it's worth it for me to close my eyes and slow down my breathing yeah. and go into a non-stress parasympathetic state so that I can turn off the stress response so I can stop being sick. And that was the biggest lesson I learned because for me, with so much opportunity cost in this world, right? There's watch TikTok videos, video games, watch TV, this new thing, that new thing. It's go, 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 do this, do this, do this. And I, in, in my head, I was like, why would I slow down and close my eyes? That's so silly. That's, there's no science behind it. I'm not a yogi monk. I'm not religious. It is simply to put yourself in a parasympathetic state so that you can stop being sick and stop being stressed. And I think we're all sick and tired of being sick and tired and being stressed. And so that was the fundamental paradigm shift that I had to watch my breathing, watch my thoughts and mind the stressors in my environment so that I could live a healthy and happy life of growth and repair and no more doctor visits. Yes, because you can continue in a growth and repair. So tell me, you, how old were you when you came to this? 24 and I'm almost 30 now. Okay. So I, I just went back to that because I know that you're, you're very geared towards these younger generations. And so I thought to myself, well, you must've been influenced at a younger age and thought to yourself, how can I be of assistance to somebody when I was in that place of unknowing, uh, and then ha coming to this revelation? 
So that's very powerful. I want to ask you as, as we come to our ending time here, can you tell me what do you think the new world will look like? Well, it comes down to this. Um, Again, we just came off a very traumatic, stressful experience with COVID. I mean, the world was literally shut down. They stopped sporting events. Okay. And I think everybody kind of felt overwhelmed at that time, especially I couldn't imagine being a teenager at that time. And you want to go, how can I fix the world? How can I help? It's so overwhelming. What can I do as an 18-year-old, as a 22-year-old, as a 34? How can I, as one person, make a difference in the world, right? In order for me to do a lot of work, I need to quit my job and literally go outside and pick up weeds and trash and talk to people. That's Can't do that in a capital world. you got to make money. I want to help, you know, rebuild a building or give to people, but that requires resources and money, okay? So our time and our money is tied up in surviving in this capitalistic system of paying bills and getting food and all that stuff. So how can we create the world that we want to live in without feeling overwhelmed? And it's going to sound cliche, but if you want to change the world, you quite literally, the best way is to change yourself, Yes, which goes into (laughs) doing the work internally. I know I sound like a broken record, of going back and closing your eyes and figuring out where did your belief systems come? What is stressing you? How to minimize the stress, how to change your belief systems, how to cement a new idea to accept, believe and surrender to, because you can't calm the storm, but you can calm yourself. And so I bring it to this example. Think about waking up, turning on the news, and watching three stories about the local car accidents and traffic jams and the people that got injured in those car accidents and the homicide and the people that were killed the night before in a city that was 60 miles north and then going to the grocery store. What state are you going to be in? You're going to be in a very stressful, observant state because now you've been programmed Oh my gosh, someone could have a gun in this grocery store. Someone could hurt me. Someone, There's so much violence and, and bad things happening because that's what the news is sharing with me. So then you have a bunch of people walking around, grabbing produce, grabbing food that are sending this vibration, this energy, this frequency of stress and vigilance because they're nervous. But what if that same example, instead of watching that news station, you spent 30 minutes Closed your eyes, slowly breathing, focusing on heartfelt emotions of love and gratitude that you have running water and AC and heat and refrigeration and clothes on your back and started thinking about this beautiful life that you're going to create and signaling the gene ahead of the event and seeing, visualizing that job, that relationship, that wealth that you want in your life. And if we all individually did that and then went to the grocery store, you would feel those good vibes versus the bad vibes of love felt emotions of everybody grabbing their produce. Instead of being nervous and vigilant, they're giving off love and gratitude and fostering Mm -hmm. connection and communication and eye contact and community. So by doing the internal work yourself, And if everybody did that, it's like cell phone signals. It's like cell phone towers. Your cell phone signal sucks if there's only one cell phone tower. But if you have a bunch of cell phone towers, you can drive 30 minutes through the mountains and stay on the same phone call because all the cell phone towers are vibrating miles of cell phone signal. And that's the same thing our heart's doing and our bodies are doing. So if everybody takes the time to find the love-centered emotion and get rid of that fear and stress and focus on the unknown of love and possibility and gratitude, we can literally, quite literally, change the environment and the world around us. And we have proven this. I challenge anybody who doesn't believe this to go look up GUSP, G-U-S-P, the Global Union for Scientists of Peace. They have done over 34 peer-reviewed studies that are peer-reviewed, okay? 
where they have had mass meditations where people go and sit in chairs as a group in a location, close their eyes and meditate on love and kindness. 34 times has happened in our history. My favorite example is in 1993, the year I was born, there was a couple thousand people that did this in Washington, D.C., out front of the White House. You can see photos of this. For two months, people just interchangeably came and went for those two months, sat there and just closed their eyes on love and gratitude. And for the next three months after they were gone, crime, violence, assault, car accidents, homicides, everything you can imagine dropped for three months by 27% in Washington, D.C. And when this was reviewed, the chief of police, and I quote, said, we've never seen a 27% decrease in violence and crime unless there was 27 inches of snow on the ground. And we've done this 34 times all over the world. So this is, again, proof that your body, especially when a collective, it's like a signal grows stronger when there's more people, is giving off an electric magnetic frequency vibration. Remember, we can't even see 99% of it. We're communicating on electromagnetic frequency right now. We can't see it, but we can see each other. Is literally creating a change in our environment. And the best way to change your environment is to change yourself and your internal environment. So you can't calm the storm. You can calm yourself. And so the best way to do that is to do the internal work yourself. And that is how we can create the world and the change that you want to see. It's just like the Michael Jackson song, right? <laughs> so that would be my message to that. Oh, Dylan, that was so awesome. Thank you so, so much. And I wrote that down. You can't calm the storm, but you can calm yourself. The change comes and starts with you first. That is so cool. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. You are just exactly what I want to shout out to the world. And you are the first guest. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel very um, excited for you because I know you're going to have a plethora of great guests um, in the community that you're going to build. So I'm excited to watch that grow. Yeah, thank you. I I was really intentional and I was so excited about having you as my first guest. And so I want you to know that, <laughs> that I was just, I, I was bouncing up and down and so excited and um, my hubby will tell you just that too, how excited I was to have you because it really is the essence of the message that I want to put forth. Um, so great, great message. I want to just highlight that, first of all, you can contact Dylan, follow his movement, become a citizen scientist yourself and follow his TikTok and Instagram um, at citizen scientist. And so that's been going along the bottom of this show. And I also want to kind of give highlight to a couple of the comments that came through. So Hillary Della Rosa said, this is absolutely true. I was just sharing this information about good vibes and bad vibes. And then we have uh, Manly Chavez. That's my love. He's a great insight to complicated concepts with a very fun and enjoyable experience. I love to learn and I can't wait for more. Aw, thanks. Super big support. And it is a great, great topic. And then Hillary De La Rosa again said, G-U-S stands for what? Okay, so Hillary, that's a great question. And so let's go back to that, Dylan. It is G-U-S-P. GUSP. Yep, Global right. Union for Scientists of Peace. Global Union. Of Scientists for Peace. And you can just look up GUSP. Of Scientists for Peace. So... I am very aware of those. I mean, obviously not as aware to, to know where to look it up, but I, through books and stuff and other audibles that I've listened to, I have heard of these studies and they're just fascinating. And it just shows uh, just how powerful we are in a collective manner, which is why it starts with us first, because we, we can't just come in when we're low energy, you know, and, and expect 
anything to change, just as we can't expect anything to change if we're doing the same thing every single day, day in and day out, and we're thinking the same thoughts, and there's just this continuous loop. So you have to snap out of that and be intentional of redirecting it. So Dylan, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much. Anybody else that comes on the show and watches the replay, you can still leave comments in the comment session and I'll get back to you and um, want to make sure that everybody knows that the Wellness Driven Life Show, um, we are, are here from our donations and from our sponsors. So I want to give you the information below. Please snap a picture of that and I'll have it in the links below. But when you invest in the show, this keeps us running and keeps us going and has wonderful people that we get to interview and bring all of this juicy information to you. And you get to take things and apply them in your own life for what works for you so you can lead a wellness-driven life. Okay, thanks, Dylan. I'm going to ask you to stay backstage, and I appreciate you again. I think all of our listeners really enjoyed the content, and I'm going to end with a closing, and we will see everyone tomorrow.